I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Whether it's relationships, work, or just with friends, there are plenty of things that I've done that I'll suddenly think about and feel ashamed of. But surely I'm not the only one who has this happen. So I'm going to be talking to a whole bunch of people and asking them about what they're ashamed of and how they think that's influenced the person they are today. This episode's guest is iconic Australian musician Pete Murray, who's released multiple popular albums and, uh, as he does take a point of telling me, is also a very successful father. You know, I think when you when you do something like that, if you don't learn your lesson, then then things are going to go wrong, you know, and you go back and you start doing it again. I remember yeah. just kind of every time I thought about it, I was very embarrassed. Mm. And every time I saw the lady that caught me, I was embarrassed. Uh, that was my shame, but that was pretty difficult, you know. I remember yeah. going, going to school the next day and everyone was talking about it and it was I felt really embarrassed about it, really... Really shamed, ashamed that I had done that. You're listening to Shame Feeder. Hello and welcome to Shame Feeder, the podcast where we ask, is there any connection between success or what we're happy with and things we've done that we might be ashamed of? Very excited to have uh, the guest for this episode. He's a musician, entertainer, an all-round nice guy. It's Pete Murray. So first, you know, we might have some people listening overseas. I don't know how this will go. Um, but... For those who aren't aware of who you are, how would you describe yourself? Uh, well, I think um, personally, I'm a laid-back um, person, very easygoing, very friendly. Uh, I grew up in the country uh, in a place called Chinchilla. So I think you know, having that country upbringing, you, you tend to be very respectful and, and, and friendly. You always say hi to people. I remember when I first moved to the city, I was walking past people and I'd be saying, Hey, morning. How are you going? You know, <laughs> everyone look at you go as if to say, like, uh, I don't know you. Why are you saying hello to me? So, <laughs> took a bit to get used to that. But yeah, I think that's you know who I am really is uh, all those um, those things I just mentioned. I love that down the street attitude. I grew up in Port Macquarie, and uh, you know when I moved to the city, it was strange that like people just wouldn't greet you anymore. Yeah. So of everything you've done, you know, you've got multiple albums. Uh, you've yeah. been touring for years. What would you say you're most proud of? That's an easy, easy question to answer. That's becoming a dad. I keep saying to people, it's the best thing you'll ever do. It doesn't matter what else you achieve in your life, just becoming a parent and being a good parent, I think, is really um, the best thing you can do in life because you realise then, you know, your life, it's not just all about you. You've got other responsibilities and, you want, and what you want to do then, it, or most good parents, they want to help their children to be, yeah. you know, happy and to, you know do things they want to do in life. I think parents are always going to have a different answer to everyone else. But career-wise, is there anything you'd say you're particularly proud of? Yeah, well, look, I um, before I got into music, because I was 22 when I first picked up a guitar and music, which is super late. But before that, I was into, into sport. Um, you know, I was doing swimming, athletics and, and uh, football. So they were my passion, passions in life, you know, all those um, events that I used to do. And... Uh, yeah, look, I'm very proud of what I've achieved on and off the sporting field. Um, you know, athletics was a big one for me. I think I really uh, did quite well. I ran at the national titles quite a few times and state titles. And, uh, you know, 
there's lots of um, records that I left, and you know, that I think might have, they might have all been gone now, <laughs> but um, they help. They stuck stuck around for a long time. So I think when you have a you know doing a race, we used to do the fours and the eights, and um, having a record and swimming also in my hometown, Chinchilla, I had a record that was, that was only beaten like a couple of years ago by one of my friend's kids, <laughs> which was fantastic. Yeah, were they told you beat Pete Murray's record? They knew. Yeah, they knew about it, and, this, and they knew that this record had been around for a long time. So his boy was uh, was going after it, and he got it. So I thought it was fantastic. But that had been around since I was. I think it must have been 12 or something like that. So, yeah, years. So when you have that, I think it's a nice little thing that you hold a record. And So for me, yeah, having those achievements on sporting field, I, I was proud of those those things in, you know, swimming, athletics and, and footy. Um, and, you know, for um, career, I've... I was. I wanted to. Just, I started to. Uh, well, I studied natural medicine. So I thought, I, once I finish my sporting career, I'll start to work with other athletes. That's what I wanted to do. Um, but then I picked up a guitar, and things all changed. So for me, that was kind of my career where I was going. And and um, once I picked up music, it wasn't about a career. It was about just, I guess, finding. Uh, I travelled. I backpacked for a while after I hurt my knee playing rugby, and then I was more about kind of just trying to find something that I could travel around the world with and earn some money from. And I didn't know what that was. But as it turned out, that became music. And um, years later, that's what, what I discovered it was. And, and um, so here I am today, you know, I've travelled the world and played music and it's, it's paid my way. Okay, so was having family, like having kids, was that always part of the plan? Yeah, always wanted to have kids. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's only myself and my sister in our family as a kid. So that was always too small. You know, and I definitely want to have have children. Yeah, that was always um, on the agenda for me. It's like you know, it's like you're not complete until you have children. Um, and I don't know if you've heard people say that, but you know, when you when you have a child, you then feel like you're complete. Yeah, you've actually done what you're supposed to do. That's yeah. really what I feel like. With the main thing that we're all put here for is to, you know, make babies yeah, <laughs> and okay. keep life going. So with career, was that? always something uh to make the family kids part the best it could be or what was the plan of course well you know my my dad died at the age of 47 and i was 18 when he died so i kind of got a good lesson from that one and, and i um you know, he, he'd worked at his own business for a long time he's a watchmaker jeweler he had that um for his whole life sold the business uh, him and mum had bought a caravan they were about to travel around australia and then they were going to move from chinchilla small country town to the sunshine <laughs> coast which yeah. was, you know, like pretty exciting for them. Uh, so dad sold the business and then worked for the guy that bought the business off him for the next 12 months. Then finally, semi-retired and they were about to go on their trip. Two weeks later, had a heart attack and died. So it was a lesson for me to go, well, you know what, life's unpredictable. I don't want to end up like that. I don't want to, I don't want to work on my life. In a, not that he, like he liked that job, but he wanted to get out. Yeah. And I don't want to work all my life doing something I'm not really that happy with and then you die, you know? So for me, it was like, I want to do something that makes me happy. It's all about lifestyle. Music was about lifestyle then too. Sport was lifestyle. That's I've never been wanting to be super um, wealthy or anything like that. I mean, that would be nice and super handy, of course, but it's never been about that for me. It's been about um, just, you know, having that lifestyle that you can be happy with. Yeah, okay. Would you have been as happy, and I don't know if this is the sort of person you are that you'd even consider it, but... Would you have been as happy doing medicine or sports as a career, do you think? Um, no. No, I feel... You know, I believe in fate. And there was a friend of mine 
uh, who we were, I was studying, he was studying and we were living together and he just came into my room one day and said, you know what, I'm going to go get a guitar lesson. Yeah. I've always wanted to do it. And I thought, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then I went and had a couple of lessons and he never did. So he got me started. But a couple of years later, he had an aneurysm and died. Jesus. So his name was Charlie and I named my first boy Charlie after him. Wow. He was the reason why I started to do music. So once I got into music, I just found this passion, which I just loved and I'd never had that before. So that was just, you know, I found it. Mm. And that was that was the thing I wanted to do. So I've, I've had a couple of radio interviews with you and I've been thinking this for a bit. You do seem like one of the most got it together guys in music. Like you seem happy with where you're at. Yeah, well, I think having that sporting background too, you know, you have this determination to be successful. Mm. And without that, I probably might not be as successful as what I am, but you know, there's a drive there, you know, and, and definitely on, you know, when I was competing uh, against other athletes and footballers and swimmers, you have that desire to beat them. Mm. You know, you have that desire to, to um, be as good as you could possibly be. With music, it's difficult. It's hard to compete against people because <laughs> it's not a competition. But <laughs> you have that competition against yourself. Yeah. Can I better myself? You know, what can I do to make this better? And so I'm always doing that. It's competing against myself all the time. Mm. So, um, which is which is good. But having that determination definitely yeah. makes you, you know, or has put me where I am today. Yeah. Now, the latest achievements, I'm sure you can knock down to the fact that you've one, been managing to tour for so long, but two, you've got the, the new album out, yeah. uh, Camacho. Camacho, yeah. Uh, which sounds amazing. Mm. Um, but mm. you were saying as well earlier, and we've touched on this, you've been getting a lot of feedback. What have people been saying? Uh, well, you know, it's funny right now because the album's only been out for um, a couple of months now. Mm. Uh, but the feedback from people, uh, fans that are saying, look, I never thought that I would like another album more than Feeler <laughs> yeah. which is the first one that yeah. was big oh yeah and um, and they're saying this one now is I, I prefer this to Feeler I'm, I'm enjoying it more you know so that's pretty amazing feedback when that album was pretty huge um, and it's this is a kind of a word I've always thought this album is going to be a word of mouth album people are going to talk about it and, and tell their friends and it's just slowly going to spread so the, the feedback is still you know I, I can't put this album down I can't stop playing it I love it from start to finish it's super positive so, you know, it's, um, I mean, that's, you don't get anything more positive than that. No, you really don't. Um, so it sounds like, and I knew this was going to be the case going in, there's a lot of stuff going on in your life you're very happy with. It sounds like that's going to continue to be the case. Yeah, well, um, I'd like to, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the plan, <laughs> you know, keep that going. Um, but I'd love to touch on shame and mm-hmm. how, and if there's anything that yeah. you've done, do you think that might be the case? Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely, okay, yeah. excellent. Well, we'll do that next. Yep. Keep up to date on the latest episodes by subscribing to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and all other apps. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So I've already touched on the wins you had in sport, yeah. in music, and the biggest one, of course, family yeah. and kids. Mm. Let's maybe take a look at the other side of things. And I'm, I have no idea where this is going to go. I never do when it comes to entertainers because yeah. I think you have to sort of put a lot of that stuff behind you. Uh, to get forwards that's my guess anyway but how, what do you have is there anything you've done that you're ashamed of or were once ashamed uh, yeah, of yeah you know the biggest thing that, st- that stands out to me um, I mean look like I said growing, growing up in the country town I uh, had great parents mum and dad were, were really great they taught me respect um, and just how to treat people and you know be happy and be a normal person um, but as kids you know you're always going to make mistakes and you've got to learn from your mistakes yeah and I, I remember I was about 12 and probably around that, that um, time I was hanging out with a few mates. We used to go to the, the local little corner shop and there was lollies and stuff. And we used to kind of steal some lollies and <laughs> do that. And, you know, it was kind of, look, it was kind of acceptable. You thought you could yeah. do it. And then it kind of things got a little bit bigger and bigger. And it was just, anyway, it got to this, um, uh, one day we went in there and there's just a, a lot of the kids that were there and I went in and there was a, it's a, do you remember Footrod Flats? Yes, I loved. I I had collections of Footrod and Garfield that yeah. I alternate between, just right. reading over and over. Well, look, I never got into it, but there was a Footrod Flats, Flats uh, comic book. There. Yeah, and I was kind of looking at, it and and the kids were just going, yeah, look, take it, take it, take it, and I was like, okay, and I and I got it, and I walked out the shop, and I got out there, and I thought to myself, what have, what did I get this for? I don't, <laughs> I don't really, I don't want this. So I went back in, and I put it on the shelf again. And then just the, the peer group pressure of kids going, what are you doing, what are you doing? Take, take it, take it. What? You know, it was just that yeah. instant, I grabbed it and I ran. So the lady in the shop sure. just went, okay, excuse me, Mr. Murray. Stopped. She knew me and I was like, oh my <laughs> oh, goodness, no. she even knows my name. She knew my parents. <laughs> and I was standing there, I was so embarrassed. And she said, I will take that back, thank you. And um, she said, can you go inside, thanks. And we had to call up my dad and... Oh. And have a chat to him, and I was so embarrassed about yeah. what had happened, you know. And it was that still that thing that it's still I find it hard to. Um, I mean, you know, it's kid stuff, but the fact is, I, you know, shoplifted and I got caught, and it was like, wow, it's really embarrassing. And I think it was good for that to happen because, like I said, we've taken lollies, mm. and then the lollies kind of came little chocolate bars. Things got bigger and bigger and bigger. So I'm glad it only got to as far as you know, a comic book. <laughs> Otherwise, what we would have seen? Pete I might Murray's have been crime spree. Professional <laughs> thief. Who knows? You know, breaking into banks and whatever jewelry shops. I don't know, but but it stopped at a comic book. So uh, that was my shame. But that was pretty difficult. You know, I remember yeah. going, going to school the next day and everyone was talking about it, and it was mm. I felt really embarrassed about it. Really, really shamed, ashamed that I had done that because of my upbringing was really good and it was t- I was taught that you can't do that you know and uh, um, it was a good lesson for me yeah so after that happened like did you said a lot of people were talking about it did you talk to anyone about it uh, I remember just talking to my parents about it you know yeah. and, and, and uh, to other friends too because I said look you know that's um, I don't ever want to do that again the, f- the feeling of that yeah. happening was um, was yeah pretty intense and it was pretty upsetting so uh, and I did, and I was pretty open about it. And I basically said, yeah, look, it was silly. Actually, I had the thing out in the first place. The only thing that made me feel good about it is I had it out in the first place and I took it back. Mm. And then it was just that, that instant where I went quickly, get it, there's pressure on, and I just ran. So, you know, but 
you know, like I said, I'm glad it happened. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess you'd learn a lot about yourself from it. Did you? So you, obviously, because you did it partly because there was a lot of peer pressure. Mm. What with those kids? Did they? Did you sort of tell them no more peer pressure on that sort of stuff? Or no, well, it just it just wasn't even an option for me after that. You know, I think when you when you do something like that, if you don't learn your lesson, then then things are going to go wrong. You know, and you go mm. back and you start doing it again, uh, which happens mm. um, but I, I learned my lesson on that one like I said it wasn't such a big deal but for me it was you know at the yeah. time anyone go oh, it was just a co- it was just a comic mm. but it, w- it was the it was the act yeah. of doing that you know and being deceitful and taking it and um, and even before that the lollies and those different things it was kind of it all added up to me and I was like oh, you know what I f- felt really bad about it um, so you know I think most of my life since that I've been Honest, and I don't, you know, straight one eighty. Yeah, and I and I would be very understanding too if my I've got two boys. So if they ever do that, you know, I think I've even told them about it too. Okay. Um, the the day that yeah, so that they can even learn maybe before that happens, you know, that it's it was a really embarrassing time, and yeah. that's what happened to me. And uh, especially when you're that age, it was just a really, you know, I was crying, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was just a horrible feeling. Wow. Um, yeah. I'm. So y- you mentioned as well that. It's something you still, you know, you think about and you're not mm. proud of mm. necessarily. But I'm assuming, like, that feeling lessens, has lessened a little bit over time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, look, that's, I think that's because, you know, you talk about that. And yeah. It's, it's, it's totally, it's fine. Like I said, I talk about it with my boys mm. so that they can learn from that too. Yeah. Um, but how long was it a strong sense of shame for, do you reckon? It was a few years, hey. I remember yeah. just kind of every time I thought about it, I was very embarrassed. Mm. And every time I saw the lady that caught me, I was embarrassed oh. because she, you know, she, Chinchilla wasn't a big town, so I would see her. And I still remember even, I think the last time I saw her was probably um, 20. I think I must have, I'd left Chinchilla. I was living mm. in Brisbane and I went home and I saw her and I still had that same feeling. And it was like, oh, how are you going? You know, good to see you. I was just, and I just felt like this little shoplifter. Yeah. <laughs> she was totally, oh, she probably didn't think about it, but it was just, that was still there, you know? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Did you go back to the shop much? I'm assuming it's a small town, you'd have to. Um, yeah, look, I think I probably would have, but um, not very much. <laughs> a lot less? Yeah, way less, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's... I didn't think I was going to find out Pete Murray was a... A, a little shoplifter. A little shoplifter. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> I, know. I know, I know. Um, okay, well, I'm... You better be careful because current affair might get wind oh, of this man, and yeah. it's going to be all over the Off news. Off this stinky little podcast. I know, it's terrible. Yeah. Recorded on audio quality yeah, in a, right. a little green room. Some people are probably sitting home going, that is so lame, you stole a comic. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we can be glad we're not them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, okay then. Um... I want to next touch on, I've sort of told you this is how we do it, mm. whether you think there's any connection between that and everything else I've already been talking about because I've, you've already said you feel like everything's connected these days anyway yeah, and everything yeah. influences everyone. Um, do you still think that's the case with this? Uh, yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's honesty. Okay. Yeah, well, being honest next. with everything you do, yeah. For extra content, check out the Sam Blacker page on Facebook. Okay. So, dirty little shop thief, Pete Murray. <laughs> um, how has that affected you? How has that, influ- how has that influenced? Let's go from the beginning then. Huh? Yep. Early on, how did that start influencing you? Uh, well, I wanted to be honest. Yeah. You know, I don't want to do that again because, like I said, you know, there had been times where I've taken other things and um, mm. you seem to think it's okay. It's the moment you get caught that you go, wow, that's actually not okay. 
Yeah. You know, where before that it's kind of, it's okay, I did this, it's not that much, you know, I can get away, get away with that. A few lollies here and there, a couple of little toys and stuff. Mm. Um, and you think it's okay. But then with the moment you get caught, it's like, okay, well, that's, yeah, I'm really embarrassed about that. And you re- that's when you re- realise that you've done the wrong thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I wanted to be honest from there. You know, I didn't want to be, because that, just that feeling probably really mm. hit me quite a bit. And like I said, I had great parents. They'd always done the right thing by me, and I felt like I'd done the wrong thing by them. Mm. So it was a shame of that. My sister also was there that day. I came home and it was just this. Wow, I feel like the real, I feel like the bad kid. Yeah. Here, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was it was heavy for me, and I took that on probably way harder than what I should have. But I think it was good because I, I like to be honest now and mm. and to um, yeah, um, you know, and it's and respect other people's property. You know, yeah. like I don't like thieves. You know, there's nothing mm. worse when you 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 know if your house's been broken into which mine has before stuff's gone like how upset yeah. does it make you you know it's really it's kind of it's a very selfish thing absolutely so you know there was a lot of things i had to look back at that and, and you know at that time and i work out what i'd been like and i and what i didn't want to be like so um okay it was good for me yeah so then career-wise mm. has there do you reckon there's been any instances where you've had you've been tested to be honest then and maybe that because that happened you've been more inclined to go to the path of honesty do you think uh i feel sometimes i'm too honest (laughs) (laughs) i think i might have to go back and get some you know some notes from when i was 12 and just change it a bit to to fit into the music industry (laughs) hop down to the shop and steal a few things get yourself no so it's one of those things that you know i definitely feel like i'm um um pretty honest with what i do Uh, and i don't think that you know like i said that's, it was a small thing. It was a long time ago. So yeah, uh, and nothing else I can really think of that I've um, been really ashamed of. You know. Yeah. So, oh um, look, it doesn't have to be lots of things. But yeah. I'm, I'm also curious, and this is me just taking a step in the dark, and I could be completely off base yeah. here. When you made the change from careers, uh, medicine to music, yeah. was everyone just pretty accepting of that? Uh, look. It was difficult, you know, at first. My family, I think, were kind of nervous about what I was doing, getting yeah. into music, and, uh, you know, it wasn't a wasn't a real job. Mm. You know? So my mum was like, you know, you need to get a real job. What are you doing? This is kind of pretty <laughs> scary. My sister was, she, even though she backed me and gave me some money for to get me started, mm. even I think, you know, her and her husband were getting a bit nervous about that too with what I was doing and, you know, with my life and could see that it was a very stressful time. So, um, you know, it was... Um, it was it was hard and very very difficult and i think for me at that stage is my late 20s and yeah most of my mates were, were doing had good jobs then and were starting to have families and i just couldn't even afford to buy myself lunch so yeah. um but i kept at it you know kept yeah. being persistent which you have to do in music you've got to be persistent to absolutely to make but it happen so when you first made that move though mm. were you just straight up honest with the family did you say hey i'm giving up medicine it didn't happen like that no i i i mm had done uh, done the studies in natural medicine i'd injured my knee playing rugby that's when i decided to just go overseas yeah, just okay. stop doing everything go overseas for a while and go and work out what i wanted to do so mm. and that's when i picked up a guitar around the same time went overseas when i came back i was um, loving music and i didn't want to finish off the studies, so i kept playing music and i was just i got a couple of gigs mm. which was um bringing in some cash for me and i um yeah, I was just doing that, some cash, doing some gigs. That kept me going, and I was kind of started to get into songwriting. Yeah. Because that's where, you know, the, I guess the real future of music was for me, songwriting, and not yeah. just doing covers. 
So that took a f- little, it took a few years to really do that. So mm. I'd already I'd played a couple of years worth of covers, mm. which was giving me some good money. I was living off that. So no one was really too stressed, it's no. stressed about that. It's only when I actually made the move to get away from the covers and do the original stuff. Oh. That's when I think, you know, they've just cut off all the money. <laughs> and you're doing like a little bits, little bits of gigs, that, you know, because no one really wants to, not many people want to see. Um, Songs they haven't heard. Yeah, you know, majority of people. So it takes a long time for mm. you to build up that okay. following and get people to listen to your music. So um, that's when I think the family and, and friends start to get a bit concerned. And, you know, like, um, but they're also, giving me a lot of confidence saying look you know i wouldn't have the balls to do that what, what you're doing because that's pretty it's pretty ballsy <laughs> yeah you put okay. everything on the line and and um you know you hope that it might go well but it's a pretty risky business that one what i'm hearing out of this though is and i want to do one last check on this when you came back and you went okay i'm not going to finish studies yep. were you just straight up honest with that were you just yep. said hey mum, dad not well you this. know what it came back to that moment where when dad died and i went you know that's that's not going to make me happy. I always thought that I have my own clinic, and I'll be. And but the problem was, I would be going back to the same place every day and working with people's problems, mm. and I didn't want to do that. So when music happened, I was like, I think this. You know, I worked it out. This is this is going to be the job that I can. Yeah. I just love it, and this is what I want to do. So the decision for a lifestyle decision was was made. Mm. So there was no looking back. This is what I want to do. This is what well, I've just got to make this happen. How yeah. do I make it happen? That okay. was the next the next step for me. Well, it sounds like, and feel free to correct me on this. It sounds like though, through the whole process of getting there, you were really honest, not just with yourself but with everyone else about each decision you were making as you were working through it. Yep. And because maybe partly because of, that you were honest, they were so supportive as well. I think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just. Um, I think that the best thing you, you kind of feel better when you're honest with everyone anyway. You know, yeah. like it's just better if, even when you're upset with someone, tell them how you feel. You feel better, otherwise you bottle all this stuff up for too mm. long, you know. So it's difficult, but um, yeah, having the honesty is you know a good thing. I think just also people that work with me know that I'm honest as well. In, in the industry of you know, I've got a good reputation, so there's more work there, and yeah. people want to work with you. Um, it's easy to find musicians. It's easy to you know do gigs for other people. It's just it's easy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, thing. I know that from trying to line this up through the publicist mm. who was all too excited yeah. by the idea of it. She's like, he's great. He'll yeah. be awesome. You just seem to win a lot of friends on all sides of things. Yeah, well, I mean, there's no reason why not to, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's just being positive, being honest, all those things are, are really important, I think, you know. And who wants to be around someone who's negative and dishonest? Yeah, very true. <laughs> Bit of a drag, isn't it, you know. Like, <laughs> so, you know, you, you want to be, uh, be happy and, and doing what you're doing and trying to even inspire other people yeah so that, that's a really important thing for me i think just getting other people to do what they want to do in life because you see it so many times that people aren't happy with what they're doing and mm. so many people are doing jobs they don't want to be you know they don't want to be doing or people they don't want to be with just you know time, time to move on be honest <laughs> honesty is the biggest it's the best thing it's well, really good um i love that philosophy i love the idea that at least part of that whole thing that influences you might come from the fact that you stole it. Yeah, I know. For Trump Flash. a little thief. <laughs> but, um, well, it, you know, definitely it, it, that is a, that was a really um, big moment for me. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely, I remember th- saying to myself, I do, I do not want to do that again. Yeah. Never want to do that. The feeling was horrible. Well, I'm glad you didn't and you got into music because yeah. I love your music. Yeah, so great. thank you. Thanks so much for doing this, man. It's been really interesting to sort of see how shame might have motivated you and uh, hopefully it continues in some element in the backstage to maybe 
keep more great things coming for you. Well, let's hope. Yeah. Thanks again for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Shame Feeder. Keep up to date by subscribing or liking the Sam Blacker page on Facebook. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.